this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border's secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Good morning, Steve, Ainsley, and Brian. This bus just arrived moments ago. I talked to some of the folks. Apparently, this bus has come from Del Rio, Texas. That's what a gentleman on the bus told me. And these, pardon me, they don't dare us? Venezuela. Venezuela? Habla inglés? No. Si, no? No? La, la, la Presidenta Harris dice que frontera cerrado. La frontera es cerrado o abierto? Abierto. Abierto. So what she's saying, Steve, I asked her, Vice President Harris says that the border is closed. She says it's open as we see these migrants coming across now. We're not sure. I know you were also at a meeting with White House officials this morning about U.S. refugee admissions. What came out of that meeting? Well, we, they have said each year the Secretary of State has to meet personally with the chair and ranking member of the Judiciary Committees of the House and Senate and the Immigration Subcommittees. Um, we've in the past have sometimes had contentious meetings. This one I would not categorize, categorize in that way. Um, the refugee number is going to be set at 125,000. Uh, one of the concerns I expressed, and I think there was great sympathy uh, from Secretary Blinken, and we have some communist regimes in the Western Hemisphere, um, Nicaragua, Cuba, um, Venezuela, where the communist oppression is leading people to flee for freedom. And we need to make sure that those refugees from communism uh, have the capacity to be welcomed here in the United States. That this is history. All of your documentaries are about history. Yeah. But all of them also make you think about where we are exactly. now. And we woke up to the news this morning that Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida sent two plane loads of migrants uh, to Martha's Vineyard off the coast of Massachusetts, including kids and whatnot. And I'm not saying this is not a one for one. This is not a parallel here in any way. But it does address some of the same themes that are part of this documentary. Well, Ken, it's I wonder if the you abstraction of human life. It's basically saying that you can use a human life that is as valuable as yours or mine or Lynn's and to put it in a position of becoming a political pawn in somebody's authoritarian game. This is the uh, coming straight out of the authoritarian playbook. This is what's so uh, disturbing about DeSantis, is to use human beings, to weaponize human beings for a political purpose. It's like when somebody disagrees with him in Florida, like the Walt Disney Company, he punishes them. This is not the actions of a person participating in a democratic process in which there's an exchange of ideas. This is about punishing political enemies 
putting on uh, shows, political shows, political theater. And in this case, this is with the lives of human beings. And what's so ironic is these are Venezuelan refugees, which DeSantis should be supporting because they're trying to flee the, the corruption of a left-wing government and all of the pain there. And so this, the, the level of cynicism is beyond that. And, and what we find in all our films is that the themes that we engage in the past are present today. And so when you look at the story that we're telling of the U.S. and the Holocaust, you understand that the time to save a democracy is before it's lost. We promise you. Can we talk to many migrants along the border who are very grateful for these governors and also, uh, as of late, the El, the El Paso, the city of El Paso, which is Democratic-led, uh, for these politicians to get involved in helping them get to other parts of the country for free is what how the migrants call it. But you and I know that this is at the cost of the taxpayers in Arizona, in Texas, it, it now apparently in Florida as well, and as well as El, El Paso. Okay, the invasion of the United States continues, and it's actually been ratcheted up. It is Thursday, 15 September, in the year of our Lord, 2022. I've asked a colleague of ours who's been on the show for many, many years, Victor Avia, who is a former ICE agent, I think, for over a dozen years or a dozen years. Victor, I just want to start at the beginning of that cold open. Uh, Kamala Harris is very definitive. Very, uh, The border of the United States is closed, and the border of the United States is secure. Is that a true statement, sir? Absolutely not. I'm not sure what United States of America uh, this uh, Kamala Harris and are is talking about. Uh, this, along with the Secretary of Homeland Security, who continues to say the same thing. Their definition of a secure border is from a different world and different vocabulary because it's not secure. As you know, Steve, I continue to go down to the border. I'm actually heading down there again on Monday. Uh, to the ground zero, it happens to be Eagle Pass, Texas, and it is out of control. Uh, we could start with, it's, it's not just illegal immigration, it's the, the drug cartels, it's the fentanyl, it's, the, it's what's happening in Mexico. It's the national security and public safety issue that we're facing in this country. I want people to understand that having a secure border will save lives. The other way around, which is, it is the way it is right now, wide open, is deadly for a lot of these illegal aliens. We have drownings averaging about one per day. Uh, I met with the coalition of sheriffs here in, in Texas, and they were showing me pictures of dead bodies that were burnt by the sun, calcinated by the sun, illegal aliens committing suicide and hanging themselves by trees because they're disoriented and lost in the desert. In, in South Texas with this record heat that we had this summer. This is the reality on top of the smuggling ventures and the rollover deaths and the crashes and the people trapped behind inside tractor trailers with those 53 dead. By the way, in that case of the 53 that were uh, found dead in the back of a tractor trailer in San Antonio, Texas, a lot of, uh, you will not hear this anywhere else. 11 of those individuals that died, and, and no one deserves to die in that fashion, but 11 of, of those individuals had hard, uh, were hardcore criminals with extensive criminal histories. And that's what's happening right now. We have individuals coming from Venezuela with extensive criminal histories that are turning themselves in because even if Border Patrol does a quick check 
They're not going to come back with a positive criminal history because Venezuela is not inputting anything in any criminal database. And uh, my understanding is they're being released from these rehabilitation centers that they call them so far. They're prisons. And these are hardcore criminals, burglars, murderers, rapists. They have been uh, already identified in Texas. A friend of mine saw one the other day in South Texas in Hill Country and said, hey, Victor, I saw this guy with a, a, a tattoo of a 4% on his neck. What does that mean? Well, uh, I'm pretty good with tattoos. I used to be a gang intel officer. And I said, well, I don't know that one. Let me, let me look up. And, and I got with my sources. Well, 4% tattoo is a Venezuelan that's a member of the Cartel de los Soles out of Venezuela that are working with the cartels in Mexico to continue to infiltrate these people. And so I'm not saying that all of them are the criminals. We know that. But one that gets through is one too many because they have different intentions coming into this country. It's no longer the intention that I want to be a United States uh, citizen and I want to be an American. Those days are long gone. These individuals want those countries here. As broken as those countries are, they want them in the United States. They fly the, their flags here and they're proud of it. And there's absolutely no enforcement to stop them, Steve. You've dedicated a big part of your life uh, to the enforcement of this. In, in your professional opinion, is this an invasion of the United States of America, sir? It's absolutely an invasion. Uh, I'm waiting here holding my breath until the governor of Texas declares it. We are up to 23 counties in Texas that have declared an invasion at the local county level. We need our governor to declare it at the state level in order to then transfer those powers to our DPS troopers, to our National Guard to enforce it. And we're not talking about taking possession of any illegal alien. We're talking about not letting them in when they're walking and waiting that Rio Grande River, we need to turn them back at that point. And so all these shenanigans, and I have strong opinions when it comes to these buses and, and, and all that, it might be a good thing because it's waking people up and they're you know dropping them off in front of their lawn. And that's good. In a way, it's good. But ultimately, what I want is respect for our sovereignty and our constitution, which, which is being disrespected by this administration and 150 over countries around the world. Yeah, I don't agree with Ken Burns. I mean, the political pawns, the people being used are the illegal aliens. They're being used by the cartels, the Mexican government, and quite frankly, the Biden administration. Now, I have never what? really been a supporter of, of Abbott or DeSantis, but I understand kind of the messaging they're trying to do, particularly sending them to Martha's Vineyard as the whole news cycle. Um, but but you're an ICE agent. I mean, our objective is not just to sh close the border, build the wall, but then enforce and close the border. It's actually to deport people here illegally. I mean, we really want to turn it over. ICE has been, uh, you know, stripped of, of everything. We really want to get ICE back to what it once was when you guys were actually doing deportations of people that should be deported. Victor, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. They've been defunded. They say they would. They said they were going to abolish ICE, and they basically have. They didn't have to take money away. All they, t all they did was take away their authority. And the interior enforcement of ICE, ERO, enforcement removal operations, is almost completely gone. There is no one looking for illegal aliens around the United States to deport them. Um, but they're con they contradict themselves, Steve, because, you know, you have the vice president saying that the border is secure, and uh, the White House press secretary doesn't know that people are walking across 
and and she thinks that because fentanyl is being seized at the border, it's a great thing. Let me tell you, because of the record number of seizures of fentanyl, in my experience, when I work narcotics on the border, that means that we're getting, you know what, handed to us. That means that it's pouring completely unchecked at our border. That's yes. why you see the large number yes. of seizures. And so yes. uh, that what is happening right now is actually the opposite of what they're saying. It is inhumane what and having an open border. It's inhumane. It's not constitutional. We're ignoring our own constitution. Our own asylum criteria is not being abided by. It is uh, lawlessness, Steve. You know, I, I'm staying on top of this. I will continue to put the pressure on this administration and also at our state officials to finally move and do something. We have to do something above and beyond what's happening at this point. No, the, the local Texas uh, officials, particularly the local Texas counties and the sheriffs have been the, the front line. Victor, just hang on one second. I want to bring in Peter Hernandez from California 18 who's running a tough race out there. Uh, Peter, I think I sent you the, the Texas Tribune had a story this morning that said there's a lot of Democrats and independents that have le leaned Democrat that are flipping in the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. H Hispanic, uh, you know, uh, Hispanic citizens, Hispanic Americans that said border security and the, and the immigration situation, which is crushing them on wages, is making them flip and look at Republicans. Are you seeing this? Uh, tell us uh, in California, in your race. How big a deal is this going to be right now? It's a really big deal, uh, Steve, and thank you for having me back on. So when it comes down to that sentiment from the progressives, the left, where they, they encourage lawlessness, they encourage uh, basically violating the rule of law, any sense of, of arbitrary elements they keep supporting, consistent with the sense of crim you know encouraging criminality, no cash bail, even when it comes down to, um, you know, the, the defund the police movement, that is consistent with this sentiment of lawlessness. It's basically an open border sentiment that's allowing just lawlessness at the border, which is at the end of the day, whether it's at the local level or at the border, it's basically destroying lives, right? In many, many different ways. And that's why the Latinos are being more in tune, right? They're losing the sense of stability that, that there once was a value for becoming a, an American citizen. Now they're trying to water it down. And I've said it before, it's this deferring and deflecting and redefining of terms, right? You, you heard Kamala Harris trying to basically argue that somehow the border is actually secure when you had an immigrant on your show basically highlighting that it's not. So it's nothing but division, and this is why the education is so important for the average folks to understand, because at the end of the day, they're seeing the chaos, and once you show them why, they're very quick to flip, yes. You've you've had you've had this inflation report, the CPI on Tuesday, the wholesale price yesterday, the uh, minority communities being destroyed by this. The inflation is not not eight percent in the Metro Phoenix. It's 18 percent. The real number in South Florida is huge. In California, when you when you count in uh, rents, it's out of control on, on both the economics of the destruction of the working class and the immigration situation for the lawlessness, the cartels, the drugs, but also. The importation of illegal alien labor, which just crushes Hispanics because you're flooding the zone with with cheap labor. Will your opponent stand on a stage and actually debate you on these issues? Because if, if you actually get out and debate and Texas shows us this, the Hispanic community are going to vote for their self-interest. They're going to vote against the, these Democratic policies that are literally destroying their families, destroying their communities and destroying them both from crime, drugs 
and now inflation and, and the drop in net worth, Peter Hernandez. That's right. Uh, yeah. Miss Lofkin does not desire to debate me. We've already officially sent her a letter. She hasn't responded. I see this to be consistent across the board. They know the issues are very systemic and they're very unique to, to the, you know, the ruling class right now, the supermajority in California, just the same. You're seeing that in the state state uh, uh, debate level and then just the same at the federal level. I don't see the to try to the debate the issues because they really can't. You know, uh, it's just the same when they're saying that we're trying to help the, the you know, the, the, the Latino community. You're seeing the very Latinos in this district specifically that are very much middle class are being squeezed out. They're losing their businesses, you know, all the reg heavy regulations. I can go uh, point by point with the, the bills that she has sponsored from defund the police with H.R. 1280 or uh, the Farm Worker Modernization Act, which basically creates a new designation of a CAW for a laborer to now officially be able to sue a farm under a bad labor relations practice. The, the farming community in this district, the, the Latino community is starting to see the writing on the wall and they know that they have to uh, they, they have to change the, uh, their, their sentiment or their vote. It's funny because I actually have two family members who uh, uncomfortably, like literally in their skin said, Peter, I, 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 I can't believe I'm saying this, but I believe I have to vote Republican this year. But that's the point. Do they, we put Zoe Lofkin up there so that, that if for your cold open um, and just kind of this flippant arrogance. Oh, just 125,000 more. And the already, already, New York Times reports there's already a million in the asylum program. Most of them are here not for legitimate political asylum, but economic, which doesn't count. There's another 3.9 million all over the place. Do the constituents in your district understand they've been lied to and, and misled by the Democrats and it's led to, their, to, to now their financial destruction? And will they be open to at least hear you and hear your, your program uh, and hear your policies? which are stand, you know, in is black and white terms against hers. They are. They, they're, uh, they're very willing to listen. At the end of the day, they're super engaged. Like I mentioned before in prior programs, they know that there's issues. They don't understand why. Once we start highlighting some of my opponent's policies, it's hard for them to deny. And they, they are very engaged, you know. I mean, it's funny because you, you, uh, you touched on the issue of, of immigration in the beginning, I, I mentioned basically the, the defund the police movement. Those are things that are practically hurting our district, our, you know, the constituency. So they, they want to hear the solutions, right? That's why the engagement is so important in the education. And, uh, you know, to her, what she had mentioned in the beginning, and that's what I kind of define when I'm out there in the district is she mentioned 125,000 and she's basically trying to talk about those that are seeking asylum. That's you know, that's a small percentage of, of the two million that she's officially supported and allowing to, to come into our country without any any ability to manage that level of, of, of population. Right. And they're they're seeing that that's starting to become, yes, uh, something akin to an invasion. And they're getting really frustrated. The response is we need to do something different. You know, we need to tighten up the immigration process. And they agree that, you know, there, there is a connection between their ability to have a job and then obviously this, this, this lack of respect for the rule of law and any kind of clear immigration process, right? Everything's been supported to become illegal immigration. They want to hear what it means to try to encourage the Latinos in this community, as well as those that want to come here legally, uh, a process that, that creates for them to become part of the American fabric. And, and uh, at the end of the day, like I said, 
being an American citizen has value, especially to the Latino. And once we start talking about them wanting to become a citizen through a legal process, they get engaged. Peter, how do people find out more about the, the race in, in California 18 and how they find out more about you? HernandezForCongress.com. Uh, you can go to Hernandez for Congress also on Facebook and uh, at Hernandez for Congress on CA18 on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Peter, thank you very much for joining us and fight on. It's a tough one, but, uh, but very glad that you're the candidate. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. You're seeing through this throughout the country where the Democrats don't even want to get on stage because they can't defend the policies of Joe Biden. Let's go to California 35, Mike Cargill. Mike, talk to us about how immigration, inflation, all these Biden policies, the invasion on our southern border, and really the destruction of our economy. How's that playing into your race, sir? Well, it's throwing the Latino community right into my lap, actually. It's good to see you, Steve. You and I spoke in Texas at CPAC, we were talking sure. about the lawsuit I was involved with. Um, we're at the Ninth Circuit and oral arguments will begin on the 22nd of the 23rd. But this uh, this is really interesting. The Latino communities, particularly with my race, my opponent is one of the chief instigators of an insurrection, really, using George Soros down in Central America. And before I say anything else, Happy Independence Day to El Salvador and President Nayib Bukele, because they have become staunch supporters. And this race potentially will unite Central America. And we're reaching out to those in the Obrador administration as well, because the Latino values are conservative values. The Republican Party just hasn't woken up to this. And I thought you were going to probably ask me in the future about being unendorsed by the California Republican Party twice now for being too conservative. And this will get to the crux of the issue with the Latino community, because I stand for the biblical definition of marriage in opposition to the Republican leadership. I stand for the support of the nuclear family. And I stand against this transgender agenda for our children. And this is apparently too conservative for the Republican Party. So, Steve, actually, in does my that, mind, but 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 for the but for the Latino but for the Latino community, is that are those the values and the American values of the Latino community? You think it makes you more acceptable to them, and that's your path? I know it's what you believe in your core, your principles, but it politically is this your path to win? Absolutely, absolutely. They embrace this. They embrace this more than people who are traditionally American because this they come to this country with an idea for a better future. And they see this future being taken away from them by liberal ideology. This is destroying everything. And you can't save this country based on its economy, no matter what they say. No matter, Clinton said that. It was a lie. And I can prove that because during the Trump years, the nation was flourishing except for one place, California. And that's because California had already in, introduced and embraced the Green New Deal and all these liberal ideologies. It was destroying. California was on the verge, verge of bankruptcy during the Trump years. COVID saved California. But out of California comes all of these bad ideas. California is the key 
the key to saving the nation because everything that is cooked up here, Pete Buttigieg was just in my district. He was looking at battery powered cars because he wants to take what Gavin Newsom's doing and introduce it federally where we will get rid of all gasoline powered vehicles and go only to electric vehicles. California starts everything and it starts politically. Who's the speaker of the house? Nancy Pelosi, California, the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, California, tie break in the Senate, Kamala Harris, California, California's driving everything. This is the head of the snake. And my race is the key because it's going to unite the Latino vote, the stand against immigration. You can't blame, like you said, I, I appreciate what you said earlier. You can't blame the immigrant who's been invited by the Biden no. administration to come yes. here. No. I don't blame them. I blame the Biden administration. They're they're pawns. They're they're, they're the one rational actors in this. Mike, we got to jump. How do people find out more? This is your first time on, but I want to make sure people have access to find out more about you. This is a very intriguing race. And quite frankly, you are not cut from the the normal mold of Republican candidates. You speak uh, truth to power. So how do people find out more about you, sir? CargileforCongress.com. C-A-R-G-I-L-E-F-O-R, CargileForCongress.com. Heck, you could just put in my name, MikeCargile.com. It'll take you to the same place. Mike, thank you very much. We look forward to having you back. And, man, you have nailed it. The California model, this is what Newsom is going to run in 24. It's the California model for America. It's got to be stopped. You have a handful of real patriots out there that are taking it to it. Mike, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Steve. I want to go back. I want to go back to Victor. Uh, and by the way, Victor, I'm going to ask you to, to stay over through the break just for a minute. And we've got Kerry Sheffield coming up and Joe Allen. I, I want to go back to the local. 23 counties in Texas have declared emergency. The Latino Hispanic vote is starting to come our way because when you have tough, hard policies that protect American citizens, they gravitate to that. What is it going to take to get Governor Abbott? You know, it's one thing to ship uh, you know, illegal aliens on a bus. Washington, D.C. It's another thing to call to call for an emergency. Give me 30 seconds on that before we go to break. What's it going to take to get Abbott on board here? Well, uh, it's going to take uh, definitely a, su- a supporter of Governor Abbott, and we need to uh, get him in there in uh, in November. That that I think goes without saying. That there's no way we could take our chance in Texas with with uh, Bobby O'Rourke. That's what I call him. And unfortunately, he happens to be from El Paso, where I'm from. But we need to continue to put the pressure. And I think this is what's going to happen. Uh, Kerry Lake is going to win in Arizona. And CPAC, she said that the moment she takes her hand off of that Bible, she's going to declare the invasion. I think uh, Governor Abbott is going to take the cue off of that and declare it himself. Victor, hang on for one second. We'll take a short commercial break. We're going to be back. we got Kerry Sheffield. We have Joe Allen, Victor Avia. All next in the war room. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. 
claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Solti. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. All over this now start to explode everywhere as Governor DeSantis has sent uh, illegal aliens to uh, to uh, Martha's Vineyard. He's also sent them up to um, Washington, D.C., outside of Kamala Harris's residence at the Naval Observatory. Abbott's sending more in. The mayor of Washington's calling it an emergency. So we're going to have you on a lot more. Victor, uh, real quickly, how do people... We want to have you back. You're going to go to the border, I think, on Monday. We'll have you back at the beginning of the week. How do people follow you on social media? You're one of the steadiest hands in this, and you've been with us for, what, now a couple of years, uh, explaining all this and detailing it with your expertise as a former ICE agent. Uh, how do people get to you, sir? Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Getter at Victor Avila TX. Uh, uh, I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you can go to my website. VictorAvilaSpeaks.com. I'm going around the country speaking, trying to open the eyes and telling people the truth about, about this national threat that we're facing, Steve. Thank you so much for having me back on. And I, I look forward to being back on next week and give you the latest of what's happening down there in Eagle Pass, Texas. Appreciate it, Victor. Uh, stay safe. Thank you. A real hero, one of the many heroes that covers this for Real America's Voice and for when we're up on the uh, Lindell TV network, we've got just, the, I think, the best team that's covered this from day one. Um, I also want to make sure everybody goes and reads this Texas Tribune article because there it talks about people looking at their lived experience and weighing and measuring, being open to new information 
and you're seeing uh, and you're seeing overwhelmingly a number of Democrats, independents, uh, Hispanic citizens or citizens of Hispanic descent and Latinos start to come and, and, and vote MAGA, vote for the Republican Party. And this is the key that's going to pick the lot, not just in the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas, but throughout the country. Absolutely essential. And as you know, the mantra here is there is no substitute for victory. I want to bring back in Kerry Sheffield, who's one of the leaders in this movement, to really have, well, I'll let her explain it. Carrie, here's the thing. We've been overwhelmed in the last 72 hours that people were saying, hey, and the Lindsey Graham kicked up a little bit, but that the Democrats have an overwhelming registration now with, with women, uh, particularly uh, African-American and, and college-age uh, white women, and this is going to thwart uh, the red tsunami of all the issues of uh, immigration, invasion of the border, economics. So it's going to be overwhelmed by women that are rejecting uh, the Republican Party and MAGA and all of it. And, and you've been at the forefront of this, really putting forward a women's bill of rights that really goes to kind of, and not just protect women, but actually kind of do some definitional work. As you see it now, are you buying what you're hearing on? I mean, in mainstream media, the New York Times, the Washington Post, MSNBC and CNN, it is literally relentless. Are, are you buying that? Or are they trying? Is this a psyop? Well, look, you're always going to see some tightening the closer you get to an election day. So I'm not buying that it's specifically uh, women who are angered over certain issues. Um, I think, if anything, exactly what you said. So we've created the Women's Bill of Rights.com, and it spells out uh, something that is uh, really important for every woman in America, something that we as women have been fighting long before I was born, uh, which is to have rights for women under the Equal Protection Clause. This isn't creating new rights. It's recognizing under natural law, under the Constitution, under the Equal Protection Clause, that as biological women, the courts have recognized that we are biologically distinct from biological men. It's not rocket science, but it's now under assault by the Biden administration. And he's now proposed revising Title IX uh, and he's doing it very secretly. And this is what is, I find truly reprehensible is that he's trying to go around the legislative process and do it through fiat, through force, through the executive branch to completely redefine what it means to be a woman. Um, and to do that, he wants to rewrite Title IX. There was a comment period that just ended on September 12th this week. And so I want to thank all of your viewers, anyone who put a comment. There were over 184,000 comments submitted to the Department of Education. The vast majority, from what we know, were pushing back against us and saying this is disgusting, really, to take away these rights that we have been fighting for for decades um, that have allowed women to achieve so many gains, not only on the field of sports, as, as your daughter, Captain Bannon, has spoken so eloquently about for our, our rally that we held on uh, the anniversary, the 50th anniversary of Title IX uh, this summer. She talked about her time at, you know, at West Point and how she played volleyball and how these uh, rights in not only in sports, but in you know protecting battered women's shelters, women's prisons, they're all under assault and under threat right now because of what Joe Biden wants to do with this executive fiat rewrite of Title IX. And so I'm so glad that your program, that you are sounding your warning alarm here. And I think it's something that the polling is on our side um, and that we should be talking more about this. This is, this is, I think, a really sleeper issue that really should be we, talked we, about. We, we have to, we, it's a sleeper issue. We have to talk about this. I'm going to have Joe... Alan, our head of the transhumanism, our editor, about this executive order. And these things will blow your, it, your head will blow up when you actually see what they're doing in biotechnology and, and gene splicing and everything. But the railhead gets back. How would you ever think, just even a couple of years ago, 
that we would have to have the talent of a Carrie Shuffle and the people around her would actually have to be putting out a, a women's bill of rights that, as I keep saying, is definitional of what is a biological woman. And Title IX, which really changed American society to the positive for young women getting into sports and team sports and dads getting involved and all the, you know, from the Caroline Levitts uh, to the Carrie Lakes, all these people that came out of those programs, just such fighters and such amazing citizens and have done so much for this country that in 2022, we would have to be back to kind of the basics. When you read what Carrie Sheffield's pushing and, and what they're you're saying, man, this is common sense. This has to be a political movement. And then you see what they tried to do on Title IX. I think the bill was 700 pages, but they couldn't get it passed. Now they're trying to do it in the federal registry, and they're trying to do it by executive order and executive fiat. They're trying to do the same thing. Just give our audience one or two of the headlines of how radical this is, because I don't think people appreciate. You see it every day, and I, and I see it now through you and through other people. But when you first come to it, you're so shocked about how radical this is. Give us a couple of examples about the radical nature of what they're trying to do. This is so radical. It would forcibly mandate at every level of education, elementary, secondary, high school, college, um, any institution that's receiving federal education uh, or federal funding um, would be under this executive fiat. And that is to forcibly change the definition of what girl means and what woman means to mean whatever the hell someone wants it to mean. Um, and look, I I love everyone. This isn't about being you know intolerant or transphobic or anything. I love everyone. This is a free country. People can live how they want to live. Um, but it is problematic when there is uh, disorder and chaos in terms of the most basic biological definitions down to the cellular level of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a boy, what it means to be a girl. And you're right that. Uh, you know, this is, it, it's regressive. And what it is, is, is it's really one strand of a much deeper, uh, you know, this is transgender ideology. It is uh, critical gender yes. theory is what it is. And it's it's a socialist movement. It's, it's, it's similar to critical race theory. What it wants to do is to completely implode Western civilization and any foundation that we've been built upon. That's what it really is seeking to do at a macro level. Um, and so, Yes, there are sometimes personality traits of, of children who are more effeminate as a boy or more masculine as a girl. I was a tomboy. I have five brothers. I have four big brothers. Then there was me, two girls and a boy. I used to wear super baggy clothes. I dressed very masculine. I, I wanted to be one of my big brothers. I wanted to be like them. I was angry when my mom wouldn't let me ride the, my bike as far as they would go. But my parents did not then tell me, well, Carrie, because you want to dress baggy, that, that means that you're actually a boy and we're going to we're going to put this label on you. We're going to do life altering surgeries on you without your consent. Or my teachers didn't do that to me, that we're, we're going to do this to you secretly and not tell your parents. You know, this is just it is going to take away uh, parental rights. It's an assault on parents rights. That's what this Title IX rewrite is. And again, I'm all for letting people live their best life, however you want to yeah. identify as an adult. Um, but you can't force this at the most basic parent right level. And that's, again, I think the sleeper issue here. I w look, look, one of the reasons we want to have you back on so quickly is that so many people came to me. They did do the public comments because of your leadership. And but now we want the other call to action. Where do people go to find out more about the Bill of Rights, to push it, to make sure people sign it, 
Tell us what you need and what this audience can do. Yeah, well, thanks. So we've already had almost 12,000 people sign on to the Women's Bill of Rights. Uh, we have a section for citizens. The most important title in America is citizen. Uh, so please, citizen, you can sign your name if you're running for office. We have a candidate section. We have a lawmaker section. Uh, we've now got, I believe, five or six senators. We just got Marco Rubio signing on. Ted Cruz has signed on. Uh, we've got 28 House members signing on. So we're, we're pushing this at the federal level. We're also pushing it at the state level. And again, it's very basic definitional. It defines what a woman is, uh, the biological definition of an adult human female who has the ability to get pregnant, who has ovaries. Uh, and some women are infertile. And uh, we understand that. We're sympathetic to that. But um, but there are biological DNA-driven uh, definitions that cannot be altered. Um, and we, we spell those out. And then we recognize, again, this isn't about new rights. This is about what's existing under case law to yes. recognize the difference between biological women and biological men, this law, this bill we're proposing would, would enshrine that. I, I want this, the, we're, we're going to put this in all chat rooms. I want everybody to sign this and I want to push it out via force multiply. It doesn't cost you any money. You can go there free. What is your social media also, Carrie? How do people follow you? Sure. So I'm just at Carrie Sheffield. Um, I'm across Getter. I'm on True Social, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we'd love to connect with folks there. So thank you, Steve. And one more time, how do they get to the actual Bill of Rights? What, what, what central site do they go to? Sure, it's just womensbillofrights.com. And it's put out by Independent Women's Perfect. Voice. Uh, and that is iwv.org. Carrie, thank you very much. Fight on. Amazing about the comments, the 184,000. Let's get 184,000 people this weekend signing the Bill of Rights. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Can we play? Do we have the cold open for for, for Joe? Let's play Joe Allen's cold open. The birth of some of the biological technologies at DARPA. Our flagship programs include revolutionizing prosthetics. We're now closing the loop where a, a man and machine can be integrated together. Humanity change will change more in the next 20 years than all of recent history. And I, I do think that we are on a trajectory um, towards this. On the upslope, if, if you can see it, there's things like human 2.0. Um, human-machine convergence. These are these are things that are, are somewhere on the horizon that genome engineering and gene editing will be a part of. So how, how do we make sure that we can pursue this, this future in a safe manner? What about enhancing that baseline state? So there's defensive enhancement. Um, we do this already, actually. Think about vaccination. So when you're vaccinated, you actually are introduced to a change that is lifelong lasting that protects you from disease. This is an enhancement that, that most individuals are, are accepting of and, and even find it, it honorable and, and, and a must. We require if, if our children go to school that they must be vaccinated. There's other enhancements that would be maybe offensive um, enhancements, performance, enhancement in cognitive state, um, do we go there? What does that look like? What's the decision-making process to get us there? And then finally, an entirely new baseline state. So this is where germline editing um, comes in and individuals in the near future, we, are, we already demonstrated that it is possible, but you know, wh how, what type of future does this look like where there will be edited individuals, unedited individuals who has access to those technologies? And in the future, will there be a question where we ask, you know, what, what genes are you on? What are, what are you enhanced with? Who am I talking to? And, and you know, how do I know where, where do you, where do you stay in this, in this, um, level of enhancement. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's evolution really on, on steroids now in our control. 
Um, acceptance for genome editing for uh, somatic therapies and germline therapies is um, growing, not quite there yet for um, germline and somatic enhancements. Um, I think this sort of is grouping the offensive and defensive enhancements together, but um, really we're solidly on the defensive side. When we brought Joe Allen in, I think over a year, year and a half ago, seems like, um, this was what we were concerned about. This is why we brought Joe in and started doing all the, uh, started doing all the analysis, doing all the hits, coming on here, making this available to a broader public. He'd done some great writings for people like the Federalists. We just want to give him a platform to actually come on. Joe, uh, I don't think, but the, the fight's here now from the Oval Office, an executive order backed by billions of dollars of taxpayer cash. And you just sit there and listen to that enhanced individuals, uh, humans 2.0. Um, this is what we talked, this gene editing, the CRISPR, they, the, the horse is out of the barn and they are on the horse and riding hard as possible. Who is this person? Why are they important? And why are we now going to general quarters, sir? Well, Steve, as we've covered, uh, over the last week on Monday, Biden signed an executive order, the national biotechnology and biomanufacturing initiative. Uh, the next day, it was announced that the woman we just heard, Renee Wegrizen, uh, will step up as the inaugural director of the newly formed ARPA-H, the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health. Uh, among the, the different projects that they'll be working on, aside from, of course, the, the always promised cure for cancer, uh, will be fast tracking these sorts of biotechnologies uh, to move towards commercialization. So what we're seeing with this is, as I've said before, with the marriage of someone like Renee Wegerson, who comes out of DARPA, four years as a, a project manager at DARPA, uh, and now the formation of ARPA-H, is the marriage between the military-industrial complex and the biomedical establishment. And what you're seeing there, what she's talking about, that was during her tenure at DARPA. And at her, at, during that tenure, she was always safety, 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 safety. That's what we're here to do. But on the other side of that, she's also working on projects such as uh, the gene editing of mosquitoes so that you can create genetically modified mosquitoes that supposedly will die off after so many generations to release into the wild that will uh, supposedly dominate and replace uh, malaria-carrying mosquitoes. So basically driving natural-born species into extinction using genetically yeah. modified creatures. Always coming back with this. That, that, listen, safe, listen hang, hang, safety, hang on. Safety, as, bad as, as bad as that is, as bad as that is, she's sitting there talking matter-of-factly about, am I talking to an edited human? Am I talking to yes. an enhanced human? She uses the phrase so the, the man-machine merger. She, she, hold on. She talks yes. about uh, uh, humans 2.0, edited humans, enhanced humans. She's going to say what genes you're on. Uh, ma man machine mergers, man machine, you know, a, a merger of man and machine and, you know, with chips and, and, uh, and obviously biotechnology and CRISPR. And then the f finally is the phrase human 2.0. You know, Biden uh, hid this in this moonshot for cancer. They always want to put it on the Down syndrome people. Or it's on people that have their spinal cords crushed and, they, and they've got to learn how to speak and walk. Or it's cancer. That's all in the foreground of how they're trying to cover this. There are some good, don't get me wrong, there's some very good things. 
But it's cent- the central issue is the core issue of what it means to actually be human, to be a homo sapien. They're trying to go to homo sapien plus. This is not Gateway Pundit or Alex Jones or Steve Bannon saying this. They're saying it. She talks about edited humans. She talks about enhanced humans. She talks about man-machine merger. And she talks about homo, uh, humans or homo sapiens, human 2.0. I, I would like to know exactly what they mean by this and where this research is going to go on taxpayer dollars. Joe Allen. Well, I can tell you what the conversation is like at DARPA. And that is the creation of super soldiers from every, everything from gene editing to gene therapies to virtual and augmented reality systems to brain-computer interfaces, including implantable brain-computer interfaces, including nanotech injected into the body to create a brain-computer interface, and artificial intelligence systems that are able to actually uh, make decisions better than human beings. Those are the goals that they're talking about in DARPA-funded programs. And those same programs precede all of the the sort of deployment of these technologies as it comes out to us in the civilian population. Transhumanism isn't a term, to my knowledge, that gets thrown around at DARPA a lot. If it does, it's behind closed doors. Uh, Their literature barely ever mentions it. But what they're talking about is definitely transhumanism. What they're talking about is taking human beings in order to compete with foreign powers and enhancing them to the utmost limit to get oh, human beings hang on, hang on. Uh, whoa, to the peak whoa, performance. Whoa. That, 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 what they talk about, these soldiers and all that, that's the equivalent of the Down syndrome or the cancer or the, the, the spinal cord. That's just all up front. Yes, there's aspects of that. There's something much deeper and darker going on here, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. You talk Absolutely. about victory, and there's no substitute for victory. If we're going to shut this down or have a nationwide adult conversation about exactly what we're talking about and where this is headed. We have to win in November. The Democrats are all they're joy, They're in rapture. They're rapturous about this. And that is another thing that's scary. I'm, I'm, this is now main battery focus of the war room. We have to because of this executive order and what went around it. We have so many other issues with dealing with. I understand that. Guess what? You live in a time and place, divine providence, has put you in the here and now. And we're going to see the test and the metal of the American people in this because this may be the most important issue we deal with. Joe Allen, how do people get to you on your social media, sir? You can find me at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z at Twitter and Gitter. Also my website, JoeBot.xyz, and of course, WarRoom.org. And I'll be speaking on Saturday at Turning Point USA on this very topic. So I hope to see some of you there. Yeah, yeah. Go to TPUSA.com. Dot com right now. I'll be Friday night. Joe Allen is now going to be Saturday. We're going to be doing the show live Saturday in tomorrow afternoon from Turning Point USA on uh, the Great Reset. See you tomorrow morning at 10.